It's never too late to start figuring out how to fix Arizona State Sun Devils football, and that's exactly what we're going to do today on this edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. As always, I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much, as per usual, for making this your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out on that visual platform, of course, wherever you do get your podcasts, though, hit that like and subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. You'll get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. Do stay in touch with all of our content. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. You can also find the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. And this way you'll be able to stay in touch with everything going on with Arizona State all the time. Hopping into today's conversation now, we are going to be taking a look at how to, you know, quote unquote, fix Arizona State Sun Devils football. Now, I know what some of you guys are thinking is, you know, Richie, we're, we're only... We're only two games into the year. How how are we already talking about fixing the team? Well, you got to understand, there have been some warts already with this Arizona State Sun Devils football team. There, there's plenty of things to iron out and improve on and get better moving forward with the year. It's, it's an ongoing process. This is something that's not supposed to end. We're supposed to keep working on it and keep making this team better. And that's what I'm going to take a look at today. So we're going to break it up. There's three things I want to look at. Break it up one per segment. Looking first at the offensive side of the football, this is something that I've been kind of hammering throughout the first two weeks of the year and will continue to hammer until things finally get settled down. The pass protection needs to get better. I don't know if it's going to take a shuffling of the offensive line or if it's going to take some new guys being placed into different starting positions, but the offensive line play needs to improve because Ladarius Henderson can't carry this offensive line by his own. Ben Scott has been rock solid at center. There, there are major question marks at left tackle. I think something needs to be done at that position, whether it's a new confidence boost for whoever's going to start, or maybe just rotating those guys until we get a rhythm on what to do, because you are one week away from PAC 12 conference play and you start off the year with Utah. That's a pretty good pass rush. You need to have some kind of solution. You just got embarrassed by a really good pass rush. The last thing you need to do is continue to play uh, bottom feeder football when it comes to offensive line play. Plus, here's what I'll tell you is by improving the offensive line, you're going to dramatically improve the entirety of this offense. Right now, Emory Jones is completing just under 60% of his passes and is passing for less than 200 yards a game with only a single touchdown through the air, which of course came last week against Oklahoma State. These numbers are not going to get it done. But I don't blame Emery for this. I truly don't. I think that Emery Jones has been borderline a godsend at the quarterback position. He feels like a much more confident and borderline polished passer compared to what Jaden Daniels was a year ago. And I, I feel more confident passing the football with Emory Jones than I did with Jaden Daniels. 
the the biggest problem here and this this isn't necessarily a problem that's kind of poor phrasing i guess but the difference between jones and and daniels is that daniels would immediately and we're seeing this at lsu too would immediately roll out of this pocket without giving it a chance to develop or step up into it and just kind of make plays on his own whether it was you know throwing throwing the ball a little further down the field or taking off with his legs Jaden made plays but he wasn't confident in the pocket the way that Emory Jones is. Emory Jones definitely shows me the composure that I'm looking for in my quarterback to be able to step into the pocket, to be able to hang in there when the pressure is closing in and deliver strikes. He's doing a good job of that, regardless of the fact he only has the single touchdown this year. I feel like those numbers could be dramatically improved if the offensive line just gave him more time. Again, you know, Ladarius Henderson is great. Ben Scott has been rock solid. The rest of the guys need to take their game up to the next level, especially the left tackle spot. Like, I'm sorry to continue singling out that position, but that's got to get better. It it truly does. I will call a spade a spade, as a famous Richie Bradshaw has said many a times. They got to get that figured out. But once you get your protection figured out, for a quarterback who will pass in the pocket, things are going to start opening up. The the passing lanes are going to develop more. You're going to have receivers who, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of variety to this receiving core. You've got some really nice speed in there. And being able to use that speed to your advantage is going to be something that could be a huge game changer to what you're trying to do offensively. If you're able to get Elijah Badger and Giovanni Sanders out in space, that could be really good for you, especially if Emery has time to let that play develop and to let these guys find their way open. Because when you have two to three seconds in the pocket before the play is basically over, that's not enough time for those receivers to get open. You also will be able to firmly establish this passing game. And what that's going to do is that's going to make your offensive your, your, your offense a little more balanced because the run game is so good. We're looping that right back in. When you have a complete offense, you have everything going for you. You can run the football. You can pass the football. You have good protection. You have guys who are able to get open. All of that. That's complete offensive football. That's how you win games. You keep defenses on their toes, and you don't, you don't allow them to figure out your, what your strengths are. Look what Oklahoma State just did. Yeah, we still were able to rush for over 100 yards against them, but it didn't even matter because Oklahoma State didn't have to respect this passing game. Regardless of the fact that Emory was about as good as he could be, you know, throw in 220 some odd yards and a touchdown, like it just, it could have been better. And the biggest reason why is because the protection wasn't there, which did not allow Emory Jones to firmly establish a good passing game. If you have that passing game, that is going to take pressure off your run game. That is going to allow X Valade and and uh, Daniel Nagata more open lanes. And they've been running good, guys. Both of them are averaging over five yards a carry right now. If you're able to continue getting them a little more room to work with, it's it's going to just be borderline like the sky is the limit for this duo. And the whole backfield, honestly, like, let's not forget Emory Jones can run. So if this pass protection gets better, you have to respect Emory Jones as a passer. But 
oh no, look at that. Looks like he can roll out of the pocket when he wants to. It just, it, it truly opens up the entirety of your offense when the protection is better and when it matches the capabilities that you should be able to throw up there for your team. Improve the pass protection and it drastically improves the rest of your offense. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. And when we return, we're going to pick it up with my next, what do you call it? My, my next tactic to fix the Arizona State Sun Devils, this time looking at the defensive side of the ball. But first, a quick word from our friends at Ben Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's game. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. You guys know the drill. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms. Getting right back into our conversation now. The next thing, looking at the defensive side of the ball, you got to finish plays. I'm sure everyone knows where I'm going to be going with this. If you don't, let me make it clear for you. Get sacks. You need to finish your pass rush. I, 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 I am the biggest believer that sacks can be an incredibly overrated stat. It is more important to get the pressures and the knockdowns, right? And ASU has been doing a solid job of doing that. But unfortunately, you still need to get sacks. That's a non-negotiable. If you're not bringing the quarterback down two, three times a game at least, that's not going to work for you. You And you, you can't have spurts either. Look, you have zero sacks on the year. That includes NAU. You have zero sacks. You're playing Eastern Michigan this week. If you do not walk out of that game, with at least your first sack of the year, I am like throwing a lot of red flags up on this defense. That is unacceptable. That is inexcusable. You cannot let that happen. You need to be able to get sacks. It's as easy as that. And I'm sorry if that hurts people's feelings, but it, it's true. Like the, the pressure is only going to do so much because the secondary is so young and inexperienced that quarterbacks are going to be able to have their way with them eventually. I mean, Spencer Sanders had a solid performance against Arizona State. All things considered, the defense played very, very good. And the secondary played pretty darn solid for what it had to go up against, especially being on the road. But that that's not going to continue to be the case. You still have to play Cameron Ward from Wazoo. You got to play, uh, oh my goodness, the, the kid who, uh, ah, that's going to kill me, uh, the, the kid down in Tucson now, uh, Jaden Delora. He was the transfer from, from Wazoo. You got to play him. You got to play Kayla, Kayla Williams. You got to play Cameron uh, Cam, uh Oh my goodness, I'm just stumbling on myself. Cameron Rising. You, there's still a plethora of quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that are going to be able to throw all over you if you cannot finish those pass rushing plays. You need to be able to bring those guys down. Like they, Again, it's, it's, it's a non-negotiable. You need to be able to do this. You can't do this. I am concerned. Generating sacks. 
can be so important for your team, not just in the box score. What happens when you get a sack? You get excited. You feel like you just delivered the best play of the game. You feel like you just made a massive difference for your team. What's the rest of the team do? They get excited. They start hyping you up. Everyone's buying in now. Everyone's getting really excited for what you were just able to do. You get crucial sacks, third downs. You get the ball right back to the offense. Think the offense is going to be pretty ecstatic about the way the defense just finished up that drive? You're darn right they are. Look at the sideline. Think the coaches are excited? Yes, they are very, very excited. What about the fans? You're playing in in Frank Cush Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. You think the fans are going to get excited when you get a sack? Absolutely they are. They're going to be going crazy. The Inferno, for all its flaws, buys in when this team is doing what it's supposed to do. The student section will be as good as the product is on the field. It can be a fickle fan, uh, fan base. Like I, I, and I can say that because I went to the school. I am very well knowledgeable of how the Inferno wants to work when ASU is good versus when they're not. But when they're good, that is a good home field advantage. All of that comes into play just by getting sacks. It's exciting. It, it drives hype. People get invested into the game more when they see that quarterback going down. Again, it's not the end all be all guys. You can get 10 sacks and still get crushed on the box score. But it's still a very important, very pivotal aspect of the defense to be able to finish plays and get sacks, especially on third downs. You get those sacks on third downs, that's demoralizing for the opposing offense. And that is entirely exciting for your defense. They're going to be buying in. They're going to say, let's do it again. Let's go get this guy again. Why can't we just sit him down? You know, you get up, you you look at the quarterback, you say, you get comfortable down there because I'm coming back for you. It It's just, it, it turns into a mentality thing at that point. It's not just about your stats and your box score and just being able to say, hey, I got a sack. There, there are so many things that go into it that are very underrated. So that needs to be a priority is starting to get more sacks for this team. Let's go ahead and call it quits on our second segment. When we return, we're going to pick it up with my final suggestion for how to fix Arizona State Sun Devils football. Of course, there's a Locked On Sun Devils podcast. And guys, do me a favor and make sure that you are subscribed over to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend, Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your news on the Pac-12 conference, the Conference of Champions, in 30 minutes or less, which includes Arizona State. By the way, I pop on there pretty much once a week now, which will include, I believe, Thursday's edition of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. So if you like listening to me, I know you're going to love listening to Spencer. You guys got to check that podcast out. Stay in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions. You can't be a Sun Devils fan if you're not making sure that you know what's going on with your rivals. One last thing to talk about. This is the most obvious flaw that the Sun Devils have had, not in 2022, not in 2021, not in 2020, not 2019, not 2018, not, not dating back 
to the Dennis Erickson era. Like all of this, all of this time has been encompassed by, you guessed it, penalties. You gotta stop. You are giving teams so many extra opportunities and you are defeating anything you're trying to build up momentum-wise, trying to get stops, trying to get conversions, trying to get touchdowns. You are eliminating so many opportunities for yourself because you're doing dumb things. And I mean dumb. Like, there was a few penalties this past weekend for shoving. Like, there's no place for that. You, The quarterback got rid of the football. Don't touch him. Leave him alone. Next play, man. You get you get beaten coverage, and instead of trying to play the ball, I mean you're yanking this guy's arm. You're not even you're not even giving yourself a chance to to play the to play to play the down. You're just giving up. You're you're making these dumb decisions. You're jumping off sides. You're false starts. That's the killer. That is the most frustrating one. Know the snap count, especially when you're at home. <laughs> There's no reason to be getting false starts when you're at home. You got to clean these things up. You got to play smarter football. You need to be disciplined in a very literal sense. You need to be disciplined, not just with the, not, not just with the penalties either. When I'm talking about being disciplined, I mean, everyone needs to understand their assignments. Everybody needs to be bought in on what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and how it needs to be done. These guys are trying to be professionals. These guys are playing at pretty much the second highest level that you could possibly get at in the sport. Show me that you know how pivotal these plays are for you. You need to be able to play smarter. And I'm not pinning this all on the players either. This goes to the coaching staff too. This goes down to the fundamentals of the game. You need to start teaching these kids because it is not all on them. I will not pin the entirety on these young, on these, on these young men. The coaches need to do a better job. There's clearly some kind of miscommunication that's going on here when it comes to what's, what's being said and what's being delivered on the field. These kids clearly need more investment from the coaches. They need somebody to show them how it's supposed to be done. The frustrating thing, you have NFL coaches. You have NFL coaches on this coaching staff. Why is this a continued problem? I would have thought this would have gone away when Dennis Erickson left and Vontez Perfect was no longer with the program. This was still an issue in the Todd Graham era. I thought this was going to get better with Herm Edwards. And it's just the same narrative every year. I, d- does Arizona State realize if you take away these maddening penalties, how much better of a football team you are? There are games you're probably losing, legitimately losing games because of penalties. Remember last year, Arizona State was averaging like eight penalties a game. Arizona State got the absolute just, you know, butt kicked out of them this past week against uh, Oklahoma State because they just could not get out of their way when it came to the penalties. It just, 
I, I want to say they were penalized like 10 times. I'm going to pull it up right now just to be safe. Uh, it just like it. Uh, Yeah, 10 times. 10 penalties for 95 yards. You can't do that, man. I shouldn't have to spell that out for you. That's that's losing games. That's loser ball. You have got to start playing better, smarter, fundamental football. It starts with the coaches, though. You guys have got to do a better job preparing these young men. It's also not just preparing them. You got to start teaching a mentality for this team. There are clearly some issues within the program in terms of guys, just maybe the egos are too large. Maybe it's just kind of short-sightedness because there, there are just silly penalties. Like I understand you're going to get flagged for a holding every once in a while. You're, you're going to get flagged for incidental contact every once in a while. You're going to flag for offsides every once in a while, but the roughing the passers that needs to change. That's a huge game-changing penalty. The dumb pass interferences, those need to change. There's there's just certain times where a penalty is committed and you just could not afford it. It's a third down conversion that you don't get now. It's a stop on third down for the defense. Now it's an automatic first down. These are avoidable mistakes. Again, I'm not saying you're not going to get called for zero penalties penalties every single week. That's not feasible. But you can't be averaging eight. You can't have games where it's 10 or more. You're going to lose those games nine out of 10 times. So clean it up. You got to be more disciplined. Figuratively, literally, in, in the in the penalty game, but also in a mentality sense. These guys are young men. They're capable of being leaders. I know it. All, they all are. There's, there's nothing but veterans on this team right now. So lift everyone up. Get everyone on the right page. You get that cleaned up, I promise you're going to win a lot of football games. You guys would be surprised just how much better Arizona State will be if they stop committing the silly penalties. You're not going to get rid of all of them but you need to get rid of the ones that have the people taking their bad call bricks and tossing it at the television. You got to fix it. That's everything I got for how to fix Arizona state Sun Devils football two weeks into the year. I'm sure we'll revisit this probably during the bye week for Arizona state. But until that time, that's all that I got for you guys today. So thank you all so much for making lock on Sun Devils your first listen of the day. Podcast is free and available on all platforms. You know, Make sure you like and subscribe and turn on those notifications wherever you do get those podcasts. Follow me on Twitter. You can you can follow me at RichieBrads36. You can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sundables. Do me a favor. Tomorrow's episode, Thursday's episode, will be the Locked on Sundables mailbag. So please drop your questions in the comments. Drop your questions on the post I'm going to have on Twitter here shortly. Or just tag me or the podcast on Twitter with your question for the Locked on Sun Devils mailbag, and I will answer it on the Thursday edition of the podcast. So make sure you submit your questions, guys, so we can get them answered tomorrow. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun